Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. A problematic call to lead. The word problematic has as its basic meaning to experience extreme difficulties. And when it comes to leading God's people, that's an understatement. When the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required, it's referring to leadership. Therefore, all believers in Christ Jesus who are called to lead will encounter difficulties and problems. I am convinced that here at New Piney Grove, God has called and is calling many of you to a position of leadership. And whether that's a position to lead the nursery age children or postgraduate post doctoral candidates, the responsibilities are the same. Therefore, your call will be problematic. And like the man said in the video of the iron sharpening iron, the devil desires that you will not answer the call. And if you answer the call, you will experience problems and you will not fulfill your calling. So the issue becomes how do we deal with problematic call to lead? An examination of this text may provide some help. Abram, who will be later known as Abraham, is known as the father of faith. He's also called a friend of God. But before he obtained these glorious titles, he had to go through something. Abram, Abraham experienced problem. A biblical survey of his life can reveal what difficulties he encountered and give us some insight as how Christian leaders, you and I, can deal with problematic call to leadership. I think this morning we're going to look at six problems. So if you join with me and bear with me, we'll try to get through this as quickly as possible. We want to make it as plain as possible. Well, the first problem would be one of uncertainty. One of uncertainty. And this starts in chapter one, excuse me, Verse 1 of chapter 12 of Genesis. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father, 
to a land that I will show you. I'm going to read this one more time because I want to put the emphasis on a personal pronoun here. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your land or your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. In this passage, we find what is commonly known in theological circles, the call of Abram. Want you to think with me just a moment. Abram lives in a land that's called by the Bible, Ur of the Chaldeans. Chaldeans were the Babylonians and people and those people who don't know God live. But Abram was doing quite well. The land that he lived in was a fertile land. Abram was comfortable and he was content. But then God called him, which involved two difficulties in this one call. First of all, he called him to leave what, leave what is familiar and comfortable to you. Now, I know we put a lot of emphasis on comfort. Uh, we look at where we sit. The, the pews are padded because it's comfortable. We, we wear, try to wear clothes that are comfortable. And we like what's familiar to us. One of the, one of the issues when we first moved from the west side over here, is that people did not feel comfortable even though they had newer seats, newer pews. They didn't feel comfortable because they weren't familiar. So that is going to be a problem for some of you. God's going to call you into something that's not comfortable. Something that's not familiar to you. second part of this first problem is Abram was told to go. He didn't tell him where. He did not identify a specific spot. He just said, go to a land that I'm going to show you. And this implies, I'm going to show you that later. You just move out. I think that's hard for all of us. We, we have a sense of direction. We like to know where we are going. So we plan our trip. Can you imagine planning a trip without a destination? What's the first thing you do when you get in the car and you go into an unknown place? God has provided men with technology now, so we got what we call a GPS. And on mine it says destination. On Ann it says navigation destination, but you hit that button and it actually put in the place where you want to go. Next time you get in your car, put in that unknown And freak out your GPS system. But it not only freaks out the system, it freaks out us. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know what the road is like. So that's a problem of uncertainty. The second problem is one of age. And Jeremy, this is something I was trying to get you guys and, and your fellow age deacons to understand that me and some of the other brothers are getting old. But at the same time, 
I want you to think about this. Chapter 12, verse 4. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. Abram was not a young man. And I think it's twofold thing we can learn here. Some people think they're too young to get called by God. Others think they're too old. But I want you to notice something. Before the Bible's mentioned Abram's name, this is why he's a man of faith, it said Abram departed. So Abram departed. Abram was prosperous and settled in Ur in his mature years. Now, I want you to think with me. Most people, when they get older, they're reluctant to try new things. A lot of times, and I know some of you can identify with this, as my mom gets older, at one time I wanted her to come live down here with me. She resisted that because she did not want to leave her area that she's been in. Many people have experienced the same thing. The older people, they don't want to leave. They want to die right there. Even though you may not be able to take care of them, they still want to stay right where they are. I want you to think, hey, brother, 75 years old, why should I go anywhere? I'm selling. But notice it said he departed. And also notice what he didn't do. He didn't argue. He didn't try to make a deal. Nor he tried to bargain with God. He just departed. The third problem many you can identify with, which is people, other folk. Verse 6. And Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as Terbri, Tree, or Moray, and the Canaanites were in the land. Abraham was called to go through a land that was inhabited by others. Now, we, you'll find out if you study that Canaanites where he was going. But before he got to where he was going, he had to go through a land where Canaanites were. Canaanites was a group of people uh, from a, a specific ethnic background. Uh, and among them were five that I want to name because there's more in this book. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Havite, and the Jebusites. All of these had customs and culture that was different. And they may have viewed Abram as an enemy or at least an unwanted intruder. He had to go through these people. Something interesting about the Amorites is they were the first one to invent iron weapons. These people were intelligent. They were fierce. And they were well trained. And Abraham had to go through their land before he could get to where he needed to go. Hmm. Hold on to that point because we're going to get to problem four 
which is the, the detours and delays. Genesis 10. Now there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe. What? He had to leave a land of plenty and go to a land of poverty. That cannot be God. I think that's what some of us will say when it looks at the difficulties we have to do. That can't be God. Why would God take me from a place where I got everything I want to a, a place where I ain't got nothing I need? The emphasis here in this passage is the word severe. This was not just a famine. It was the worst type of famine. And you imagine what's going on in Abraham's mind. You see, this famine caused Abram to take a detour and a delay. A detour and delay. Now, I don't know how many of y'all are like me, but I like order. I like to know what's going on and where I'm going. And y'all know how I am about time. I want to be there when it's time to be there. Now, Joe has told y'all what time he wants y'all to be there. And that don't mean no 5.59. But when you get ready to go and there's a 18-wheeler turned over in the road, do you automatically start praying about the driver and the accident, or you say, oh my goodness, I'm going to be late. We don't deal well with detours and delays. But this led to the fifth problem. I want y'all to hold with me now, because y'all get accused of saying stuff. Not that I'm going to back up on what I say. Y'all have to take it with a grain of salt. The fifth problem was his wife. Say it again, Fred. <laughs> Verse 11. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt. Remember that he sojourned going to Egypt because he the famine in the land. He said to Sarah, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of a beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please, please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake. For your sake, and that I may live because of you. Now, I read that slow for a reason. Abram's wife, Sarai, was an extremely desirable woman. Her beauty was highly unusual. You see, the Egyptian women were known for their beauty 
worldwide. So for the Egyptian men to view her as very beautiful, look at verse 14, you'll see that. It attested her facial and her physical appearance. Use whatever words y'all use in y'all era of time. But she was hot. She was tight. She was a brick house. She was fine. All those things, she was it. But Abram, and y'all hear me now, men, added to the problem. However, Abram suddenly blamed God and his wife. He blamed God because he made her beautiful. And then he placed a guilt trip on Sarah. So that she would agree with him. And he probably justified this because she was Really, and I'm not going to use the term half-sister, they just had the same father. But he intentionally deceived, and that's the heart of a lie. I want you to go back with me and say, please, verse 13, say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake. He ain't concerned about saving. He already said they're going to leave her alive. He's concerned about himself. So sometimes a problem becomes that's self-made. We try to say we're protecting you when really we're protecting our own feeling. Amen. The sixth problem, family members. If y'all need these notes, I'll give them to you now. Verse Go to chapter 13 with me, verse 5. You can read all, all of the beginning of it, but it says, Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herd and tent. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possession was so great that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram livestock and the herdsmen of Lot livestock, the Canaanites and the Parasite then dwell in the land. The sixth problem was a blessing that was allowed to become a problem. And that blessing was money. Livestock meant money. So when Abram asked Lot to choose where he wanted to live, Lot chose the best of the land to raise the livestock. And I always have a problem with this scripture. Here's Lot, Abram's nephew. That Abram done took on and done mentored and done carried him all the way. And because they're having some issues, instead of him saying, look, Aunt, let me move on down the road and let you guys do your own thing because God has blessed us so much. I really thank you for all you did. But I don't need you anymore. But Abraham, or Abram that time, told him, you choose what you land. He looked at the best land. Was not concerned about his uncle at all. He looked at the best land and said, I want to go there. Because I can raise my cattle there and I can make more money. If you read the scripture, you find out later on, he went to Solomon and Gomorrah. 
There was a war. He got captured. And guess who had to bail him out again? Oh, Uncle Abram, right. All right, Pastor, you don't gave us these six problems, so what? For all those that God is dealing with, and I believe God is dealing with most of y'all, if not all, about some form of ministry. And every form of ministry involves leadership. I want you to understand the problem will always come with Christian leadership. But we need to focus on God's promise, not the problems he allowed to come in our life. With every problem that Abram encountered, God gave a promise of a blessing or provision for protection. A promise of a blessing or provision for protection. And I want to call these P, P, and P. Promise, provision, and protection. And I want you to look at, if you can remember, about the problems. Problem number one, one of uncertainty. God gave him a promise of certainty. Verse 2 of chapter 12, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be blessed. I'll bless those who bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. We're going to come back to that one again. Problem, promise, excuse me, provision, and protection number two, age. God basically told Abram, age ain't nothing but a number. Verse seven, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendant I will give this land. And there he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. Problem number three, God's promised protection and provision. Here God protects the people in verse 3. I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And all you and the family of the earth will be blessed. What about number 4? Detours and delay. Verse 8. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. That's the house of the Lord. And he pitched his tent within Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And he built an altar to the Lord, a place of power and protection, and called upon the name of the Lord. He had a source to take care of his need. Problem number five. Not only was his wife restored, he got his wife back plus stuff. When Pharaoh found out who he was, that they were married, God sent a plague over the land. He told Abram, you get out of this land and you take anything you want. They gave him more stuff. Verse 20 of chapter 12 says, so Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they went away with his wife and all that he had. Number six, family issues. Verse 14 of chapter 13. And the Lord said to Abram, 
after Lot had separated from him. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Now y'all tell me what the direction you got. For all the land which you see, I will give you and your descendants forever. So here's the issue. Your blessing is limited upon what you see. If God tells you to look to the east and to the west, to the south and to the north, then he says, everything that you see, I'm going to give you. What do you see when you look? See, we see stuff that's going to perish away. Now, let's, let's go on. And I will make your descendants at the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. And here you go, man ministry. Verse 17. Arise, walk in the land throughout its length and width, and I will give it to you. How far are you willing to walk? See, here, your blessing depending on how far you want to move out. How far are you willing to walk? Will you just walk to pine on and get tired? Maybe, maybe you want to walk just to downtown and you want to stop. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you everything that you want. I don't know about y'all, but, but I, I, I'm just thinking about how far you want to walk. Let's just put it in the natural. God is telling you to get out Go out to your day straight here, and I want you to start walking. And wherever land that you walk here, I'm going to give it to you. If you walk, no, no harm intended, to Lazella, you're going to get Lazella. Lazella is nice. I know a lot of good people live in Lazella. But if you walk in Atlanta, you're going to get more. Yeah, I know some of y'all saying more crime and all that stuff about that. I buy that too. But have y'all read the paper lately about the crime down in Warren Robinson? <laughs> we, we were both at walking all the way to Atlanta, but Atlanta got things that we don't have down here. How far, men, are you willing to walk? I want you to remember this. Problems must be persevered before you can receive the promise, provision, and protection. I'm going to close with this. There will be enemies in your call. That's a problem. But Psalm 110.1 says, God promised to make your enemy, I heard this this morning, your footstool. Money will be short. That's a problem. 
But Philippians 4 and 19 says, my God promised to supply all of my needs. Afflictions will come. That's a problem. But Psalm 34, 19 says, God promised to deliver me out of them all. Can I make it personal now? There will be health issues. That's a problem. But Psalm 103, 3 says, he will heal all of my diseases. So the question is, what's your problem? By far the greatest problem that faced mankind is the power, the presence, and the penalty of sin. That's a big problem. But the word of God tells me in Acts 2, 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has given his son as a blessing, a promise, and a provision. He promised us eternal life if we trust in him. So if you still got sin in your life, it's a problem that you don't need to bear. So I'm going to ask you, will you call on him today? As you stand with me, will you call on him today? And you will find that he has provided provision for you. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.